For the last two weeks on the podcast, I've been talking about the importance of alignment in your business and how businesses at every price point are able to succeed, but only if they stay 100% true to the model that they choose. In case you missed the episodes, I talked about three models, the donkey model, the workhorse model, and the unicorn is your high-end boutique model where a client gets a lot of individualized attention, but they pay a premium for it. On the opposite end, the donkey model offers low prices, but a much less personalized handheld experience. And then the workhorse model falls somewhere in between. Prices are in the mid-range point, and although the workflow is more streamlined than that of a unicorn, there are more special perks built into the process than you would typically find with a donkey model business. When I started as a photographer, everyone told me you need to be a unicorn to be profitable. And I bought into that for a long time. But after years in business, I was finally able to admit that not only was that model not sustainable for me, personally, I really didn't love that handholdy part of my job. Changing my business model and aligning it properly has allowed me not only to be just as profitable as I was when I was doing in-person sales and all the other handholdy stuff, but to really enjoy my work rather than dreading a large part of it. In case you missed the last two episodes, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen. And if you haven't yet downloaded last week's free workbook guide to alignment, I definitely want to make sure that you have it. I've already gotten tons of amazing feedback about it, and I really think you're going to love it too. You can find that at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast slash 040. And today I have a super special treat for you. I met Amanda Thorson in Australia last summer, and we became fast friends. We share a sarcastic sense of humor and a very practical approach to our work. And when I decided to talk about alignment on the podcast, I knew I wanted to have her on as a guest. You see, when I talk to photographers about the three successful models, pretty much everybody immediately says that they are a workhorse or a unicorn. The only examples of a donkey business that we seem to think of are the Olin Millses and the Life Touches of the world. But Amanda runs a highly successful donkey model portrait studio, and one look at her work will prove that she most definitely isn't some run-of-the-mill mall pop-up photographer. Today, I am thrilled to chat with her and have her share all the details of why she chose her model and how it works for her. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. How are you? Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I think, oh no. Okay. I had, I've had one guest from France and now you are officially my furthest away guest to date. So welcome from all the way across the world. Tell me and tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are and what you do. My name name is Amanda Thorson. I'm from Canberra in Australia, which is the capital for all you people who think that like Sydney's the capital. It's not. Yeah, Canberra is. We are like a very small city of like, well, not that small, like 
300, 400,000 people, just like three hours south of Sydney. And I am a photographer, obviously. Um, I used to be like primarily a wedding photographer, but now I do kind of everything like families, newborns, maternity, a lot of naked ladies. Um, <laughs> you do and you do them very well. Thank you. Just a lot of nudity. I enjoy yeah. a lot of nudity. <laughs> the less clothing, the better. That's true that. Like as soon yeah. as people come in, I'm like, are you going to take off your clothes? Yes. <laughs> so, and then I run the business with my husband, Caleb. So um, we're both full time. We have a studio and yes, yeah, it's, it's fun. We love it. Excellent. Well, we're going to, we're going to get very deep into sort of the nitty gritty of what it is that you do and offer. Cause it's a little bit different, but Amanda and I met last year. Yeah. 2019. It's only been a year. It feels like a million years in Australia. When I was there for the family narrative, Amanda was, you know, came to the conference and we connected there. I felt like it was, you were my new like bestie from around the world. <laughs> oh, I um, felt that too. As soon yeah. as I heard you, I was like, oh, this is my lady. Oh, I was doing a few hallelujahs as you were talking because, yeah, you were so good. Yeah. So the talk that I gave in Australia was basically what the last two podcasts that, you know, talking about these different models of business. And I remember you coming up to me afterward and we had a big, long conversation about that. And then today's episode where we're chatting is going to have a little bit to do about that as well. But just to recap and for the audience, tell me a little bit about that, what that talk and those models sort of meant for you. I think like the main thing was the donkey model. Cause as soon as you like spoke, I was like, Oh, that is me. That is us. And it was like the first time that I'd feel like I'd felt validated as a photographer in the way that I've gone to a conference or something and someone had gone up the front spoken and said, here is a legitimate way to run your business. Because ever since I'd started photography, even when I was just starting in weddings, I just remember people always kind of poo-pooing the way that I did my business. And I was like, well, like I charge people a good amount of money. They pay me for my photos. It feeds my family. Like I don't see a problem with this. Mm -hmm. And um, like, obviously I wanted to be a unicorn because everyone wants to be a unicorn, but the donkey just like, just resonates with me. Maybe it's just because like deep down, I'm really lazy and I don't <laughs> want to spend a lot of time like with each client, like making them, wanting them to feel special, but I don't want to like, I don't know, sit down after we take the photos and talk about each photo individually and blah, blah, blah. I just want to send them a gallery and be like, here's your photos. I hope you love them. Print some photos with me. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, how long have you been in business? I've been running, yeah, the business 12 years, but I've been full-time, a full-time photographer for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I mean, you and I are more or less of the same genre and same for me. Like when I started the (laughs) unicorn model, if you will, was all that people talked about. It was like, you're either running a super boutique kind of in-person sales, handheld experience kind of a photography business, or you're a, like a mall photographer. That was, it was basically this very binary. There was no, <laughs> and it was, there was something very like moralistic about the way people talked about it too, where it was like, you're, if you're not doing it this way, then you're somehow like a less than 
business person and human being and all that. But as you may remember, and I didn't go into this in the last two um, podcast episodes, but I, because I was doing the talk in person, I was able to actually run some like fake numbers and show that actually oftentimes, more often than not, running a successful donkey business is actually a lot more profitable than running a, a unicorn business, um, assuming that you can find the volume. So uh, yeah, I think I'm hopeful, especially given COVID and the way that's impacted everything. I think it's really important for people to understand that this is a viable, legitimate type of business to run. And it doesn't mean that you have to be this like shoot and burn low quality photographer at all. And we're going to get to your links later in the show, but I can assure all of you out there listening right now that Amanda is absolutely an incredible photographer. So, so the images will speak for themselves, but talk to me. Yeah, no, talk to me a little bit. You know, we were going to talk about, so the, what's it called? Slogan for the podcast is helping you run a profitable, sustainable business that you love. And I feel like that you love part is really where you shine. You can, your business is a perfect sort of demonstration of like leaning into your strengths and leaning into the things that light you up as a photographer. And you talk about your business being stress-free. So how do you do that? How do you make your business stress-free? Yeah, I think the number one thing is like, managing client expectations mm-hmm. um, I even said to a woman recently like she called me about the shoot and she was like feeling a bit stressed about everything and I said to her you are not going to love every photo that I take and she was like mind blown like she said to me after the shoot she was like that was like the most freeing thing that you could have said to me because like I delivered the kind of shoot they had I delivered like 70 images but the thing is that she's not going to love every photo but if people go into it with the expectation of every photo has to be perfect I have to love every photo then they're just going to be disappointed so I'm really careful about talking to people it was the same when I was shooting weddings like I remember I well even now I still shoot some weddings and I love to show people like a whole wedding that I photographed so I show them a book with every photo that I've delivered to a couple and I'm like here's the boring ones look you'll get these ones where you're looking at the camera and smiling and here's the romantic ones and here's the arty ones because I remember that there was I was actually at another conference and this guy came up to me and he was like yeah I've just had a lot of people who are really disappointed with my photos recently and we looked on his website Caleb and my my husband and I and he all the photos he showed were like lightning bolts in the background and like how many photos have lightning bolts and there's a everyone went and they were like well if I get my wedding photos taken from you you're going to provide lightning bolts aren't you and so (laughs) obviously they were disappointed and so I think it's really important to yeah as I said manage people's expectations I send a lot of emails about are you sure you want to book me especially with I shoot some boudoir as I said are you going to like is is my style right for you I have to be careful a little bit because my prices are a little bit lower sometimes because I'm a donkey business that I don't I still get my bluebird clients as I call them yeah so I want to make sure that I'm getting the right people so I'll double sometimes I like double and triple check if I get a bad vibe off someone and be like oh are you sure you want me I'm not going to get you to to do those poses where your butt pops in the air you know (laughs) like it's going to be really natural so yeah so I think that's one big thing probably the others in, in everything you do under promise, over deliver. 
Yeah. So you've got to make everyone feel like they're special. So even in, I do mini shoots. Ooh, I know that's controversial. In, in all my mini shoots, I promise people 20 images and they'll at least get between kind of 23 to 25 mm-hmm. because even just delivering one or two extra photos just makes people feel special. Sure. So make sure. Yeah. And, and then the more special people feel, the more happy they are. And then the less stress there is for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I think, you know, even if we cut the podcast off right now, like those two things, the managing expectations, which I more or less, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about education, like education, like at every single turn. So you're, you know, you're letting them know this is what you're going to get. This is what it's going to be. And then you take that and you do a plus one and, you know, you under promise or you promise and then you over deliver. I feel like that right there is the recipe, the basic formula. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. So like, what else, what do you do? Cause I mean, what you're describing here is a way of having like high volume, but also keeping people really happy and stress-free. Are there other strategies that you've got there? Yeah. um, Always choosing our battles. I think Mm -hmm. that's seems like a lot of photographers, there's this kind of culture in photography where we feel very protective about our images, mm-hmm. um, obviously, and having it working in the world of digital now, I feel like a lot of people, there are a lot of things that we can't control as much as it used to be in film, but things like people using our images sometimes or like, you know, just any kind of conflict, people fighting us. I guess I can't really think of a specific, it happens a lot in weddings. Like there's a lot of people talking about deposits and asking for refunds and different things. We just pick our battles, as I said, which we choose to have zero battles, Mm -hmm. which is, I know some people would be like, no, you have to fight. Like your clients aren't always right. You have to, you have to like make sure the photography industry is we're strong on our values and where we come from and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling on this, but I think I just choose not to fight anyone. If someone's giving me problems and they want a refund, I give them a refund. But in the long run, if say a shoot is, I haven't had to do it with family photos, um, but it's mainly over deposits for weddings um, if they cancel or something. And I say that they're non-refundable. But if someone comes back at me and is like, I'm going to take you to court. I'm like, no, you're not. Here's your money. <laughs> but, um, like I just, it's, it's not worth my time. And I think right. it's how I value my time. Um, my time is not worth fighting. Like I don't want to fight anyone. Yeah. Um, by the time I've gotten a lawyer and done all those things and made a moral stand I'm just like dude I just prefer to give them their money even if it's a couple of grand and then just go back to my work and then I'll make the money from nice people if that makes sense (laughs) yeah and I do I also feel like in that managing expectations in that education usually if you're really communicative about all of that stuff the policies the way they're supposed to be you do weed out a lot of those problems before they yes Yes. And very rarely do we have any issues, but like even the slightest inkling of an issue, like we deal with it quickly. Mm-hmm. And we also, we come at it from, oh, I've got an example. I had this like crazy lady, head, like we took her headshot. She was like, whew, a piece of work. <laughs> just really difficult just because she had a problem with the way her scarf was arranged slightly. She wanted it like a little bit more to the left rather than the right. And she called me when I was on holidays, left this like, panicked voicemail and was like 
I hate them, Amanda, I hate my scarf. And I was like, so, and I was down the coast with my kids at the beach and I was like, dude, I've got to take this. So I called her right back and she went in for the fight. Like she was ready. You could hear, you know, in someone's voice, they're like ready to be really angry at you. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry about your scarf. Come in for a reshoot. Just reshot the whole thing. She was still crazy, but like, I just gave, made her scarf go a bit more to the left and then <laughs> dealt with it rather than like being like, no, the photos were good. We didn't do anything wrong. But like I could hear in her voice that she like, we totally diffused the situation just by like dealing with it as quickly as possible and just like getting it out. Cause she was a pain in my ass, but may yeah. as well like just get rid of her so yeah. I can deal with the nice people. That's right. Well, that's good. I mean, and that just sounds like it's really sort of in alignment with your values and like who you are as a person. Yeah, yeah. So, and that sounds at this point, and I mean, sometimes it's funny, you can kind of do a little like rewriting history to be like, this is how we designed our business. But I know at least for me that a lot of that stuff is like, it takes a long time to realize like, oh, I'm doing this thing that is so hard and painful for me. I could just do it differently. Where those places yeah. where I've experienced friction in my business, I get, I'm a, I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, totally. And I, I think it's all about like, we talk a lot, Caleb and I, about process and just mm -hmm. like putting in good processes and then like examining your processes and then coming back to them. And yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about this, like designing your business to fit your personality. Hang on guys, I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director Dana and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Yeah, I think I think what I really appreciate about you is the fact that you give people tools to design a business in a way that will work for them. Because I think a lot of the time people will design their business to be, well, they just design it how everyone does. So like, especially because in family photography, there's a lot of, we don't, a lot of the people who are doing it are mums. We have limited amount of time. We're like, just give me the rules. I just want to know what I have to do here and then what I have to do here. And then I'm going to make money. And then like, it, and it gets easier and easier because like the tools we have like pick time and then um, you have like your presets and you can just kind of cookie cutter it out. But I think that the problem with that and the problems that we run into is just the fact that we're all different and some, and my business won't work for other people. And I remember going to this wedding photographer's retreat years and years ago. And do you know who Sam Blake is? Yeah. She's, yeah, she's a lovely photographer. And she was teaching there at the time. She gave this talk about how she didn't like really talk to her couples that much during shoots. Like she just let them be and like just quietly 
talk to each other and have these moments. And I came away and I was like, oh, dude, I've just got to shut up. And like, I was like, I just, I was like, oh no, I've got it. Like her photos are so beautiful. If I'm going to do this properly, I need to be really quiet and tiptoe around. And for those of you who know me, well, you can already tell I don't shut up. And like during photos, I'm just like, blah, 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 always chatting to them and like, just tell me your life story. And, and it didn't last. Like my photos didn't look good when I don't get them to talk. Like the way I get people to look happy and like intimate is like me being there and like, whispering in their ears not sure. whispering in each other's ears um that sounds really creepy so. <laughs> <laughs> i don't whisper in anyone's ears right. um yeah so i think and i think it's really shown in our business is how we've divided things so caleb and i are really really different he is a complete introvert um, he mm-hmm. doesn't like people he, but he's like the secret source to my business as far as like he's really good at web. He's, he does all the, yeah, he does all advertising, he does all our printing, pretty much anything that doesn't include people. Mm-hmm. Like he'll answer the emails, but all the phone calls will go to my phone. Um, so people will be like, hi, Caleb. And I'm like, oh, it's Amanda. I know that it says on the website, it's, it's his phone number, but it's actually mine. Right, right. Because <laughs> he refuses to talk to people. But I think that just finding out what your gifts are really means that you'll thrive in whatever area um, that is. So I think having Caleb beside me has really given me the confidence to just like turn away from what everyone else told me to do. So he's like a bit of a free thinker and he really is just like, no, let's just do our own thing and just Mm -hmm. see how that goes. And because he hasn't been involved in the photography industry at all. So pretty much the pattern is that I'll go to an industry event and come home and be like, we have to change everything. We have to go back to what everyone's told me because I'm wrong. And then he's like, no, you're not wrong. We're making a good living. Just let's just go back to like the kind of the basics and what works for us. And let's take, I think the idea is taking from what other people tell you about their business and be like, oh, that would work for me. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I just recently read this book called Rocket Fuel, which is like a business book. And it was, it talks about the like heads of companies and how a two person like co-head of a company is the strongest option when you've got two different personalities and they call it the visionary and the integrator. And the visionary is like the person who like gets the ideas and is constantly like churning out new stuff. But the integrator, one of their important roles is to be like, to keep that the visionary in check and like keep them on the path. So like I definitely fall into that visionary personality where I get like really excited and you know, Ooh, I want to try this. Now I want to try this. And I could totally use a Caleb in my life to be my like checkpoint where it's like, um, yeah, but that's nowhere near the, you know, we're getting way off track here. So that's awesome. So what is this sort of path that you guys are on? What would you say like your values as a business are and like, how does that manifest? I think one of the things that we've been talking about is like everyone really deserves to have beautiful photos. And Mm -hmm. so I think having this donkey business, we've been trying to work out ways that where we can get paid the amount that we need Mm-hmm. to live and that we feel like we deserve I don't know if deserve is the right word but we would like sure and um also yeah have photos that like other budgets can have so I think there's this real attitude within family photography where you're like 
you need to be paid what you're worth. You need to be paid a lot of money. I get people telling me that I need to put up my prices regularly. And that is all well and good. But also I have some really lovely clients who don't make a lot of money, but they really appreciate my photos. And so we've been trying to work out ways where we can make things accessible. And I think having a studio is very helpful in yep. that regard. We can have people come to us and time and things like that. I think also the other thing that's really important to me is just like what kind of bodies that we show and photograph. I think there's a very much this attitude of having very um, small bodies mm-hmm. and very pretty mums because they sell things but I really try and show all the families that I photograph because I think people with marginalized bodies fat bodies anything like that really Mm -hmm. need to be shown as well because I want to photograph all women and all people and so it's that's really important to me is what we talk about and and even how I talk to my clients I just don't let there be negative talks about how they look and things like that. Like I'm very encouraging. And also I kind of pull them up on things sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> during our shoot if they say negative things about themselves. So it's, that is very important to me. And then just like, I guess the mo- most important thing is just like not to be an asshole. Like that's mm-hmm. really be nice to people <laughs> generally. Totally. And this is a little off topic, but like, like all of those values come through so clearly in all of your stuff all of your social media, all of your branding on your website. Like I love all of you should do yourselves a favor and go read Amanda's bio on her website. I love the way you're like, I think old people would describe me as a straight shooter or something like that. (laughs) It's just super funny. It's like your humor. And also it's totally true. Like you are a straight shooter, but yeah, the like body positivity. And I just, I think that what you're doing is so cool because it is this it's sort of like a new, it's a reinvention of the donkey model. It is not the portrait people at the mall. It is definitely like a, you are running a a values driven sort of vision driven business. And you have, I mean, your artistry again, speaks for itself, but you're doing that in a way where with a studio, you're able to do higher volume. You're obviously streamlining your workflow and the way that like you're interacting with your clients other than during the shoot itself to the point where you can charge those lower prices and make it work for you. And I think that when we met, you had talked about how in Canberra, that's like home to several of sort of like Australia's top photographers, names that people know all over the world and how that's like a tough market to compete in a small city. And the fact that you're doing Mm -hmm. that by differentiating yourself and just making yourself available to a completely different uh, client population, it's really smart. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, a lot of that, some of that is me, and and then once again, Caleb. Well, good. <laughs> I can't take all the credit. That's okay. You don't have to take all the credit. Um, if he had wanted to be on the podcast, he would have been more than welcome. <laughs> oh no, he would not. He could not think of anything worse. I told him <laughs> when I was going on a podcast, he was like, "Heck no." <laughs> well, you tell him if he changes his mind, he gives me a call. <laughs> you don't want to talk to him. He won't have anything to say at all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So talk a little bit about that workflow. How is it possible to offer people photos, beautiful photos at a lower price point and still get paid enough that you are covering your bills, paying your taxes, you know, not living above the poverty line, all those good things. Yes. Okay. Well, 
vol as I said, volume, we mm -hmm. do. So for example, this week, I'm only working, like I'm taking a day off this week um, yeah. on Thursday. So I'm just working. So Tuesday through Friday. So today I'm editing. And then, so Wednesday I'll shoot, I think about six headshots. And then on Friday I have six maternity sessions, nice. um, which are maternity minis. So I think, well, I'll tell you a story. This thing happened. Um, my friend told me about someone who is a dentist. They live in a small town and they, there are two dentists and their friends, the donkey, well, yeah, in, there's the donkey dentist and then there's the unicorn dentist. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time that I first heard the story, but her friends run the donkey business. And what happened was that they have so much turnover, like, and they do a really good job, but they just got so many people through the door, stacks and stacks of people. And she asked her friend who ran the donkey business, she was like, okay, dude, how much money do you have in your, like, just everyday bank account and her friend was probably like she's like oh, I don't know like 500,000 probably <laughs> right now and she was like what the heck and I, I could not believe this like who has $500,000 just in their everyday like savings account and that got me thinking a lot I was like why do we like like put this idea down all the time that like having volume is a bad thing because if it's paying the bills and you enjoy what you do, mm -hmm. it has to be good. So this dentist story has been running through my head for the last few years and it's really sent us in this direction a bit. So we'll run minis during the week. We will pretty much anything to get through the door. And what we see these minis as, and like we've done some school photos and different things is, and headshots is customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting our ads out to get people coming in at um, a higher price point, say like a $600 price point. We're trying to get people in at a $300 price point because it's a much um, smaller barrier to entry, if that makes sense. Like Absolutely. the idea of coming to spend $300 with someone, if you don't know them, you're like, oh, that's fine. So I will only do minis on certain things that are quick and then I can actually make the money in a certain amount of time. So I don't do family minis. Um, but I'll do breastfeeding minis and I'll do maternity minis. So this, as I said, this Friday, I'm doing six maternity minis and I'm charging $330 for each mm -hmm. one. So however much money that is, I don't know, a thousand and something. But the plan is that if you think about all those, so I've got six ladies coming in um, who've never met me before, majority of them, they will then come in and meet me. The idea is they fall in love with me and then they'll come back a few weeks later, once their baby comes out and then I will take their photos again and then I'll get them in the cycle of like the bigger shoots and stuff like that. So the idea is acquiring the customers. So we don't do a massive amount of like advertising and stuff like that, but they come, most people are coming through the lower level shoots and telling their friends about it because it's a bit more exciting if it's a mini and then they'll just get in the process of coming back to us kind of each year. So the main thing that I've noticed with photographers that, makes um, it not worthwhile as far as minis is that most family photographers that I've spoke to are crap at editing. Like, dude, this is um, just not that you're bad at it, just your speed. People yeah. are too slow. And so I will spend, so for a mini shoot, I will spend half an hour with them and shooting it. They'll be in and out of my studio in half an hour. Yeah. Um, they will then 
get, I will cull the shoot in about 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then I'll edit the whole shoot in probably about 45. Yeah. Um, so you, an hour and a half is what I spend on that mini shoot and I'll get $330. It's all automated through our website. So through Calendly. Mm -hmm. So all the payments are done through there, all the website, like all the emails will go out through there. So I literally spend an hour and a half on each client. Right. And, and it's $330. Right. So, so, so like that's, I don't know, 165 an hour. So I'm like, right. if I get paid 165 bucks an hour, that's all right with me. Yeah. Um, so I've been talking to some other photographers recently who will spend a week editing a family shoot. And I'm like, yeah, no wonder you want to get $2,000 because you have to make it worthwhile. But if you can get it in and out in mm -hmm. an hour or two, it, it's so that's, I think that's one of the biggest things I've noticed when doing a donkey business is you really have to have be speedy. And if you're, you know, if you aren't hard. speedy, you can outsource that. And like paying for your editing is not in the grand scheme of things. It's not terribly expensive. Yes. True that. True that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's really, I think it's such an important point and tracking your time. One of the things yeah. when I have people come into the simple sales blueprint, you know, one of the very first things that they do is they do this like deep dive audit on their pricing for them. And again, I'm not here to tell anybody what they need to be charging. I don't know what they need to be charging. You know, you could have, you could lease Maseratis all the time and you have a very high set of bills to pay, but yeah. you know, so what different people need to make, where they live, what their, you know, target market is and all that sort of stuff. It's all different. And so that math can be done differently. But one of the really sneaky things is the, <laughs> the dirty unicorn where somebody is trying to do a unicorn business, not just in the way that they interact with their clients, but with this, like, I hand edit every photo perfectly. And that. if you're charging on the lower end of things, people aren't paying for that. They're paying for like good, solid photos, of course, but like, yeah, yeah you have to be smart about your time. True that. Well, we just did recently, we did did a school photos thing where they were called school photos, but essentially we just got like a whole lot of kids to come in for portraits mm -hmm. and um, we didn't edit any of the photos. So wow. we actually, we did it in studio and just ran a, like had a preset that would, yep. so it would come out. And then the only thing we did was a tiny bit of basic cropping, but pretty much how it was shot was how it was delivered to the families. And we did, I did 27 kids in one day yeah. and we charged 50 bucks and they per kid and they got a print, but then most people, pretty much everyone bought extra prints. They, I sold them the whole gallery for 200 bucks. So in the end we saw it as at the beginning, it was like a customer acquisition thing, as, as I said, which already some of them have come through their mums are booking maternity shoots with me and different things. But in the long run, like because we gave them a couple of little opportunities to spend some other money, order prints and stuff like that, we actually ended up making like crap load of money. It was yeah, really good. Awesome. And so I think like, as you said, like making sure that we are just like working out exactly like how much money we're getting from our time and like really honing in on yeah how things work rather than just kind of throwing it out and being like, yeah, I want this much money. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And the, you know, that's actually another thing about having a studio that's really helpful is the fact that when the light is the same, when the quality of the light is the same, 
when the direction yes. of the like, like then you can really, I mean, a preset becomes way more useful in that scenario than it is when you're trying to go like out on location and shoot yeah. and you know, no two presets look or no single preset works for all your photos. Yeah, studio work is so much faster in so many ways. I certainly appreciate that about it. Now, I know that the question that like 85% of people out there listening right now are thinking yes. is, okay, great. So you you have all these minis, you do all this high volume. How do you fill your spots? How do you fill up? How do you acquire all these clients? Where are you finding them? Oh, yeah. Um, word of mouth is obviously like, a big thing so i'm trying to follow your advice and work on my um mailing list and stuff mm -hmm. like oh good yeah so that's, yes i've been working on that so that's how we fill the spots with the school photos and then and just social media and so we just like boost some posts and stuff like that so mm -hmm. we try and make everything we do very kind of organic and make people feel like i'm their bestie like yeah. that to hang out with them which is kind of what i do so we try not to make our ads too like i don't know polished is the wrong word maybe it's the right word but just yeah. like too businessy so that's probably and then our website like we're not doing like we're it's not rocket science like we don't have any like secrets but i think the main thing that we've noticed is the more people we get through the door the more people we get through the door which sounds like because they tell their friends so it it really is like if you do a good job for people people love the photos and also the photos that i'm taking are a little bit different as far as like they're not your typical studio photos and they're not your typical always family photos people feel like they're special and so they go and show their friends and also i just get people to write a lot of reviews and share things if they can i'm just really deliberate about like after the shoot, asking what I could improve. I, we just, I sent them out a quick little questionnaire. I was like, what could I have done better? And then I just asked them to write a review and tell people about me. And, and I word it in such a way that kind of lines up with all my other stuff where I'm like, it just helps people know I'm not creepy if you write me a nice <laughs> review. <laughs> so, and yeah, but it's just building relationships. That's really what it is like, and just, yeah, being present on social media. It's just, I think Caleb calls it like the wide blue ocean, um, like strategy, I guess, or something where you just have a bit out everywhere. And I'm also getting to the point in my business that I've been doing this for a long time. And so as far as in Canberra, I'm one of like the better known photographers, which is nice. But that said, every time they put up a post on, there's like a Canberra mums group and they have a Facebook group and you got to like, someone's like, I need a family photographer. Every time someone writes that, I find out how many family photographers are in Canberra. Like yeah. hundreds. They're just hundreds. like, yeah. Well, yeah. And I just feel like what everything that you're saying, I know, and a lot of the people who listen to this show, at least the people that are contacting me about it, you know, they're not all new photographers, but I know that there are some new photographers and it is hard when you're new because you're getting a lot of information from a lot of different people that says a lot of different things. And it's like, well, what do I do? What's the right thing? This person seems to know what they're doing. This person seems to know what they're doing. But I think that what you're saying here is so important and valuable. And that is be yourself, listen to your mm -hmm. own self. Like if something feels wrong, it's probably wrong for you, even if it works really well for other people. Yeah. And so I feel like, I feel like if people take nothing else away from this than that, it is like, 
look at your business, figure out what it is that you're doing that doesn't feel like it fits right and either adjust it or like reinvent it in a way. I definitely feel so much more comfortable with my business now that I am doing a much more, I wouldn't call it donkey, but it's definitely a workhorse. Like I am, you know, I have my systems and whatever, and people get me for the time that they get me, but then I push them on and move on to the next thing. And when I was trying to do like every little thing, I found it really stressful. Like I felt like the bigger you are, the harder you fall. When you set expectations that are like, I'm going to create this masterpiece experience for you. That's a lot to live up to every single time. Yeah, true that. I, I think it's like, and it, I think you're a bit more like me as far as we're reasonably practical people. Yeah. And like, I don't care how many like ribbons are tied around your print box. Like we just don't <laughs> need those details. Like that kind of stuff just like tires me. And like, I find it so annoying. Yeah. Um, whereas some people thrive in that environment and For creating sure. an experience and stuff like that. And I'm just like, go tie like as many ribbons around the box as you want. Um, but I'll just leave. I'm not even going to give them a box. I'm just going to give them some photos. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's so good. I mean, and it, because there are, there's people out there for every single one of those kinds of models. Yeah. So it's good. I'm glad that we're all, we all have our different strengths and preferences. I just think that, um, leaning into those things and really sort of letting who you are and what you naturally gravitate toward drive the direction of your business really in the end makes for a stronger business. You just have to make sure that you're getting the dollar signs to line up with it. So. No, for sure. And it's, I feel like it's so much more sustainable because for me, work doesn't feel like work. Right. Because I enjoy it and it's suited to my personality. Caleb and I enjoy what we do and we're making a good living for our family and we're really proud of what like I'm so much prouder now of what I'm producing because not only in like my photos look how I want them to look but my business experience is how I want it to be as well and so if you feel proud of something it's and you really enjoy what you do like yeah as I said it just doesn't feel like work anymore it's just super fun that's awesome well okay so tell us where we can find you and see these amazing photos that you're making well, now I have to remember my website and stuff. <laughs> um, yes, you do. My website is thorsonphotography.com.au. Mm -hmm. If you want to look for a real treat, you can go to our headshots website, which is boringheadshots.com.au. <laughs> that is really the name of our business because headshots are very boring. And then I think my Instagram is thorson underscore photography. Awesome. And then, yeah, that's about it. So for those of you out there who are spelling impaired, it's T-H-O-R-S-O-N. And you should absolutely do yourself the favor of checking out Amanda's work. It is fantastic. And totally, I love, yours is one of those feeds that when I'm like scrolling through, I always know your photos. Every single time I see them, I'm like, oh, there's Amanda again. Yeah. So good. You're, you're doing the donkeys proud, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Aww. that makes me happy. Good. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's always a little tricky to find a time when you're in time zones across the world, but it is a joy to see your face and hear your voice. And I really appreciate this message that you're sharing. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads 
at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.